Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Chizo, and it's lovely to be back with my best mate, Pistol. Uh, I just want to say, just before you say anything, Pistol, I do want to get in. I know you're out of trades. You have zero, you have zilch. <laughs> the Chizo chase down has begun. I'll let you a chance to respond uh, in a second, but uh, it must be trying times for those with no coaches, my friend. <laughs> well, okay, one intro firstly. Um, Chizo, unfortunately for you, I actually do have trades. As much as you keep wanting to tell me I don't, <laughs> I still have trades. Um, I won't have many left after this week, though, because it looks like Fife is going to require a trade out if you're going for overall. We don't know as of the recording of this podcast, but um, if it's seemingly, you know, four plus weeks, then you've, you know, there's not that many, many rounds left for the season, Chizo. So kind of have to make the move in case they put him on ice for the rest of the season. But you did manage to make up about 250 points on me this round because everything went horribly wrong, including the whole, uh, a Hearn being a late in, so I was forced. I missed out on my, my Gorn vice-captain, and I was forced to make Fife my captain, and obviously we know how that ended up. Um, so it just went from, from bad to worse, really. But um, I'm st- I've still got a 1,200-point lead on you, Chizo. So <laughs> that's a lot to catch up. I know you just made up like a fifth of it in one week, um, but you're going to need to either have massive weeks or you're going to need me to stink for the rest of the season and um, hopefully for my sake it's not option number two. (laughs) Look uh, I'll have to get Bryce Mitchell on to do a spreadsheet to figure out if there's enough rounds left for me to make 170 points a round and uh, just to see if I catch her or you know just another couple things to go wrong because I've been stashing a few trades away just specifically for this moment here Pistol when you uh, as you always do try and find a way to fall into a hump. Uh, The next thing that I do want to talk about is uh, Mrs. Pistol here, here, mate? He, she's uh, she's kind of giving you a little bit of a touching up, and now a pistol going. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, five going down. It might be getting a little bit tense at home soon. <laughs> yeah, she's going all right. Um, unfortunately for me, because I don't stop <laughs> hearing about it, and yeah, it's looking like she's going to be vying for the top 100 finish. So that's not not good for me at all, Chizo. Um, especially in our league, because I'm pretty sure. You, JB, and I aren't even going to be making the finals <laughs> this year. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not looking pretty, but, but thanks for checking up. And um, I do, did notice you say you were stashing your trades. And um, for those that, that weren't listening last year, Chizo generally has like six trades more than me at the end of the year and then tries <laughs> and sells them to me um, for real money. So we'll, we'll, see, we'll see where that goes later on in the season. Well, I can't wait for it. It's probably going to be next week when you're out of trades and you have to start donating to the Cancer Council and you can uh, probably make up a little bit more cash um, to get us over line. A good segue here, my friend, that we will jump into the Cancer Council straight off the bat here. I'd like to announce on the podcast here, Pistol, that we have officially cracked the 5k mark through the entirety of our cancer council donations our fundraising that we've done since we've uh, the inception of the podcast essentially uh, pistol we've hit the 5k wayne ellery uh is the donator that got us over the 5k mark so congrats to wayne uh, fantastic community initiative and uh i'll let you go through a couple of the other donations here mate but five thousand dollars to the cancer council since we started it's a it's a pretty good achievement from our fantastic community it's insane, Chizo. That's, you know, 5,000 straight to uh, the Cancer Council is just unbelievable. So thanks, everyone, for your, 
your donations along the way. Obviously, we couldn't have made 5000 without all of you guys as well. So um, really appreciate that, as do the Cancer Council. It's just an insane amount of money to raise, you know, while we're having fun um, recording a podcast trying to help out. I mean, yeah, it's just gone wonderfully well. And uh, to this week's donators, uh, big thank you to Adam Schneider, who is sitting just outside the top 4000 um, have have helped him a couple of times um, in recent times as well. So I appreciate the uh, the donation, Adam. Uh, to Chizo, um, I don't know who this is, but he donated <laughs> for donuts, um, which is <laughs> the donation from the buyers. I assume Chizo. So yep. uh, that was that was that's a hefty fine for uh, your fifty dollars a donut. You've you've managed to secure another two donuts. So that's a uh, yeah, not, not look. Group, I'm staying. I'm staying true news. to it. I'm not backing out. I'm not these people that throw out a random number, being so confident I'd never have a donut. Have four in a year. You just cough up, deal with it, move on. It's all tax deductible. So you, <laughs> let, let's just go from there. I don't think you've had a donut before, like ever. So it's pretty funny that you you came out so confidently, being like, "I'll donate fifty dollars per donut." Yeah, and then that, that's pretty four. much what happened. <laughs> but I, I remember the last donut I had was Ryan Hargrave. So if you can go back in your Supercoach memory bank, uh, uh, memory bank, I think we heard on the weekend, um, <laughs> and figure out when Ryan Hargrave played uh, for the Western Bulldogs, you'll know the last time I had a donut. So. This year has been a little bit out of the ordinary, being that it has been ordinary. But um, yeah, it's uh, your man Andrew Levesque donating again. We need to we need to take this credit card off this guy here, mate. He just can't <laughs> stop donating to the cancer cancer. It's all for a good cause, Cheezo. But again, <laughs> Andrew Levesque donated five times, so he's he's probably if you're if we're ranking you know the best blokes on the planet, it's probably Scott Pendlebury number one. I don't think anyone's going to argue about that, Cheezo. Um, and Andrew Levesque probably in a close second at the moment. So um, that's you know an exceptional amount of times to donate to the Cancer Council. So again, really appreciate that. So thanks so much, Andrew. And as you said before, Cheezo, uh, Wayne Ellery with his first donut of the year. Uh, he, he posted his uh, combo of Austin, <laughs> Redmond, Ridley, and Webster has failed him, which, uh, you know, it's, I'm sure there's other people in that boat as well, but we appreciate you uh, donating, and obviously that took us over the 5K mark as well, so uh, doubly a special, Cheezo. He helped me out on Twitter today as well. I was looking for that post. Um, there, there was, I think it was uh, Maddo that was, uh, it first went from Josh Kelly at the start of the year, then he went to McRae, then McRae did uh, soft tissue and he went to Trelaw, then Trelaw did a soft tissue, went to Fife, and he prospectively came out and said, sorry, Fremantle, because uh, F- uh, Fife was going to get injured. And then, you know, black cats walking under a ladder indoors <laughs> with an umbrella, it all ha- came together and he did his hammy in the first quarter. And, uh, yeah, we're here where we are, and uh, we're actually within $30 of breaking uh, our record donation within a 12-month period, which was last year, Pistol. So uh, I'm hoping, you know, only 100 bucks shy of $2,000 for the 2018 season. Hopefully there's no more donuts from me, but I'd be happy to donate anyway. So everyone get around it um, and see if we can break another record and set some, uh, uh, some new ones for us to target next year, Pistol. We'll jump into the first game of the round. We might as well jump straight into it here, mate. There's a fair bit to talk about. Interesting game on the Thursday night. Tigers and Swans. We basically saw the efficiency of the Swans in the forward line keeping them in this game because the Tigers were just all over them. But there's some uh, frequent flyer points that we see from Jake Lloyd, another 136 points. I think he's proven this year that he was a, a fantastic option and uh, I think he's almost priced his way out of anyone that doesn't have him here, Pistol. What do you think? Look, yeah, he's 
just been fantastic this year. And watching the game, really, he he, they look to get the ball into his hands. Like he'll be running around the, when someone, you know, a key defender takes a mark, he'll be running around behind, and they'll give him a little, you know, palm off, and then he'll just boot at fifty-five meters. Like they didn't need to do it, but they do it anyway. They just look. He, he's just such a good user. I mean, he had. 21 kicks he had 34 possessions 21 kicks and he went at 85 percent disposal efficiency so just goes to show you know how well he can use that ball and Chizo, i think there's someone that we need to talk about another swan josh p kennedy mm-hmm. 22 contested possessions he's now scored 140 super coach points he pretty much has one sub ton in like the last 10 weeks um, he's coming home like a steam train. As you said, it happens every year. Is he someone we should be looking at as a Fife replacement? Absolutely. J- uh, JPK is a fantastic option. He is pretty much the same price as all the other midfielders that you get to choose from, but it's what he does every year. He comes home hard pistol, and it's what we see time and time again. I would have no problems going with a JPK. The only thing is you could probably pick up um, someone uh, around the same mark, um, you know, like maybe a Neil who's in good form or a, a lot of these uh, kind of younger guys that we are a little bit worried about. The old man Hammy's going at some point. But with JPK, he's been durable. He's played such a high percentage of games over the last few years. He's coming towards the back end of the year. He's uh, a bit of a Selwood in that fact that he just comes home hard every single year. Um Except for last year, for some reason, Pistol, um, I, I know we, we're harping on the fact that he, he's always got this back end of the season. I remember jumping on him in the mid-year last year, and he was just super, super cheap, and he just he didn't really take off um, as well as we hope. So um, fingers crossed that uh, he continues this form, but a five-round average of 116.2, three-round average of 100, uh, 123.3, I think it's something we can expect for the rest of the year, but as he gets on in age, it is a little bit interesting to see if he can keep it up. Or you know, everyone has a good month, Pistol. It's uh, what's your opinion on it? I think he's not a bad option. No, I think he's a very good option. And looking at their draw, you know, coming up for the rest of the year, he's got four games at the SCG. The games that aren't at the SCG, he plays North Melbourne, Essendon, Melbourne, and uh, GWS as well. So not you know the hardest teams, but at the same time, I, I given you know his recent form you expect him to ton up in every one of those games. And for me, personally, I'm deciding between Neil and JPK as my uh, Fife replacement. And I don't think there's a wrong answer, but, you know, it's just how you want to go about for the rest of the year. I think most people are going to be leaning towards Neil. I think he'll probably be the most popular one. Um, so, yeah, it's if you want to try and be with the, the herd or, you know, against the herd. But then again, you know, Depends on your goals for the season as well as who you generally think is going to average the most amount of points. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we should talk about Parker. He had another fantastic game, even away from home. Uh, Sinclair keeps on with another 90s. On the uh, Richmond side of things, that uh, amazing F7 that we've been hearing about on Twitter, Jackie Rewalt, 135 pistol, uh, <laughs> basically bring him in after that. After we've been lampooning around uh, him for about four weeks saying how good he would be and how cheap he is, he's just put up a 140. <laughs> It was pretty funny, actually, because um, Al Payton from the Herald Sun did suggest uh, to get Jack Rewalt in, um, and he posted it on his Twitter, and then he, he said that you know he's he's got high variance and is someone that's good to get in as your F7. So um, I delved into a li- little bit of research and found out that he hadn't cracked 122 in two years to the day, and he'd only actually cracked the ton nine times since the unselfish Jack title had been uh, he'd been labelled unselfish Jack in the last two years as well. So I was like, you know what, 
I don't really know if he actually is such a great option anymore because he just scores heaps of 80s and 90s, but he doesn't go over 100 very often. Um, so I did write that, and everyone was like, you know, that is a good point. That is interesting. He hasn't scored well in two years now. He hasn't had a big game. Then he scores 135, breaks his, you know, two-year <laughs> two record of not scoring above 122, and straight away I'm eating my words. So, um, yeah, it was pretty hilarious how that played out and just had, you know, that's when you know that the round isn't going to go your way. Jack Rewatt does well. Heaney, and I started with Buddy as well, so I had Heaney and Buddy in the first game, and I'm just like, ugh. This this round's going to be a mess. <laughs> I, I really think that ours missed a trick here. I, I really think he should have um, retweeted that uh, that comment by you, pissed. Oh, I really think that's a missed opportunity. If it was me, I would have been all over it. If we were having that conversation on Twitter, I would have been sharing that around left, right, and center. I would have been posting that on the Facebook page. Um, <laughs> so missed opportunity uh, to get one on, on the uh, the great genius of pistol. <sighs> so uh, do you take those opportunities when they come? I think a um, 73 from Franklin, uh, a little bit uh, lucky um, uh, probably to get that much. He really didn't have a whole lot of influence uh, during the game, which is, I guess, not something to be uh, unexpected when he's playing on Alex Rance, but um, it's definitely not what we've expected from him since that month that uh, we, he kind of advocated to get him in pre-buys. He just really hasn't hit those high notes that we kind of thought that he would here, mate. Yeah, I mean, look, he was playing against the best team in the competition. So, yeah, you just got to chalk that down. I don't think anyone expected him to come out and score, you know, 120. So we'll just, you know, take the loss with that one and, and move on. But um, Isaac Heaney getting, you know, delayed concussion and rested for the rest of the game. And, and apparently he's in severe doubt for this week as well, Chizo. So he, he still might not get up, which is uh, potentially very bad for... Um, you know, super coach sides going into this week. There was someone I did want to talk about, Chizo. Sure. Um, a little bit of a, a POD defender. I know last week I got a bit carried away with just naming every POD defender under the sun and, you know, kind of hoping one one did well so I could claim it. Um, so this week it's <laughs> Jaden Short. Haven't learnt my haven't learnt my lesson. Um, but Jaden Short has had a fantastic month. As you said, Chizo, everyone has a good month. But just watching Short play, he is doing some fantastic things on the football field. He's only priced at 467k. He's now got a five-round average of over 100, um, with his last five games being a 90, 101, 111, 97, and 105. Um, he's just come into some fine form, and he's growing as well. He, he's looking better and better every single game. Um, so if you are looking for a cheaper defender, he is also somebody that I think you probably should consider. Maybe maybe more of a draft pick uh, will definitely Get him if you're you're playing any draft league. He's one that I would be jumping on ASAP. Um, But also, yeah, a a sneaky option to end your backlines towards the end of the year. Yeah, and I I guess the uh, the one thing that we should... Uh, mention in reference to Jaden Short, we did get a uh, an inbox on Facebook um, from a Will Pollock not that long ago, saying uh, basically he he saw into the future and saw that <laughs> Jaden Short was going to be uh, a potential uh, POD SC pig. He said, back in round 11, we're now at the end of round uh, 15. I think it is pistol. The year's going by so fast. Um, Will, you're absolutely right. You've seen way better than what we have. Maybe we, we need to get a uh, an expert's opinion where, uh, option on the podcast here, where we call out to some of these uh, some of these experts out into the uh, the outer community because uh, I didn't see this coming from Jaden Short at all. I, no. um, I, I I think that he's he's got a, that friendly role because 
Um, they are lacking a little bit across halfback, particularly with Hooley struggling still, um, looking to even miss a little bit more time. So um, he's definitely got a, a role change that's helping his scoring potential, which he didn't probably have from game one uh, or round one this year. So um, it, it's these kind of players. I guess this, uh, this definitely highlights that at any point in the year, any injury can affect someone. We've obviously got Lyndon Dunn going down this year, uh, this week with his ACL, uh, which is sorry to hear, but you might see um, you know, the, the VFL fullback of the year last year, Brody uh, Majek, head into the back line this week. So um, these kind of injuries and, and senior players missing do move these players around and change roles. And um, we've seen Jaden Shaw pick up one of those, and I'd have absolutely no problems um, picking him up um, as one of those POD options if you're looking for a, probably an 85 to 90 average. He's uh, been pretty good here, Pistol. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with that. And Chizo, tell me, Dusty Martin, obviously not having the same impacts uh, in the Supercoach world as he had last year. Uh, only 62 points this round. What do you do with him at this rate? Yeah. Yeah, this this is the question. This is the question. I'm not sure I have the right answer for you, Pistol, because I'm going to be holding him till the day I die because I don't trade out Brownlow medalists. Nathan Five. <coughs> Especially when they're not injured. Um, you've got to remember that they've got George Hewitt on um, the Sydney Swan side. He's probably the second best tagger in the comp behind Ben Jacobs. So the fact that he went to Dustin Martin um, just goes to show um, the danger that he can have at any point in the game. So they, they recognise that and they backed in the rest of their team to beat Sydney um, externally to that. So, um, you know, Dusty had uh, 90 DT points and only 62 Supercoach points. So the tag probably influenced him that as well. He's not in great form. We don't know if he's carrying an injury. At this point, you know, this is really, really helpful if you can get him to, to M9 pistol. But, um, yeah, it's it, it struggle street at this point because... Um, he's chopping it up. When he does get the ball, he's not hitting targets. And he just, if it's my personal opinion, I'm just not seeing the work rate that we probably saw from him last year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I feel like that's because they don't need him to work that hard to win their games. They're, they're pretty much just in cruise control at the moment. And they're just, you know, winning. You know, it's victory after victory for, for Tigers at the moment. So uh, why why would he have to, you know, kill himself every game to get the win? He, he doesn't need to. Um, the team's playing well and, you know... He, there's just you know don't change a winning thing um but Chizo, that's not good for super coach sides i still think that he is i've been a big advocate for trading him out for a while now um look his price has plummeted he's at 452k you can't do a lot at the moment there's, there's a couple of primos in his price bracket um that maybe you could jump on but again they're no guarantee to be any better than dusty so if you want to upgrade him you know go all the way up to you know, your Clayton, Clayton Oliver's uh, types or Neil's, you know, at the 550k mark. But um, if you did want to try and get a cheaper primo, I think I'd be looking towards someone like uh, Dane Beams. He's 474k. Uh, he's very capable. We'll talk about him later in the podcast, as well as Dyson Heppel, who we mentioned last week, um, who's only gone below the 100 mark four times through the year, and not including that concussion game, so really only three times. Um, but yeah, he's he's four sixty k. So uh, there's there's a couple of cheapo options that you could trade him to, but it might be worthwhile just waiting um, a bit later and seeing how he goes, and then you can try and grab a, a cheaper option. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. Um, I'm glad I'm no longer a Dusty <laughs> Martin owner, Chizo. 
Yeah. All right, we'll jump into the next game before time gets away from us. Western Bulldogs and the Cats. Uh, of all the players that you could have having a shot after the, the siren, I'm pretty sure the Doggies were happy that it was in Harry Taylor's hands. Um, interesting game on both sides, a bit seesawing. Uh, Toby McLean was fantastic with 104. You've got Selwood uh, bringing the, uh, the, the Cats through on the opposite side on 122. And we saw a little bit of life from Danger here, Pistol. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. 118, it's what we like to see. Yeah, he's he's playing such... He's so frustrating this year because you're like, he's playing well, and then you're like, is he playing well? And then he just scores a small ton, and you're like, I don't know if he's going to break out. Like, are we going to get that 150 supercoach point danger field, or are we just going to keep getting this between 100 and 120, and then he averages 110 for the season? He, he's not tearing the game apart, but there was times where I'm like, here we go. Like, it's coming. It's coming. He's go- he's going to break open the game, and then he just kind of fizzled, um, and he was just solid um, without being spectacular. So it's it's really tough, especially when you've got Duncan scoring well every week. You've got Gaz scoring pretty well every week. Selwood can score really well as well. We know that. Tim Kelly as well is up and down. And you've got all these players who, you know, three of the six of them are going to fire at any one time, but it's not really allowing anyone to score up you know, these massive super coach points anymore. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit tough there, Cheese. So I, I did want to just, uh, <laughs> when you were, when you switched into this game, I thought you said, um, you would want the ball in anyone else's hand, in anyone else's hams, um, regarding <laughs> Harry Taylor. And I was like, that is a genius pun. But then you, then I was like, oh wait, no, he said hands. No, that's definitely what I it. said. Let, I'll go back and edit it and just, extend it make it sound like I said Hamsey <laughs> um, yeah but that's an interesting point you make you got Selwood Dangerfield Duncan Gaz Kelly are there too many of these good midfielders taking points off each other now uh, is yeah. there too many I think there's too many yeah chefs in the kitchen there Chizo. it's uh, it's it's seemingly taking its toll I mean usually you'd say well if you have them over the course of the season, it doesn't matter because it just works out on the average. It doesn't really matter if they score 70 and then 130, as long as you know they're averaging over 100. But it's really stopping that ceiling. Um, we're not really getting to see that from Dangerfield, especially this year, and we haven't really seen it much from Duncan either. He's not you know scoring above 140. It's kind of limiting most of them. Um, so it's just... It's it's yeah it's a bit uncomfortable because you you want them to be super premiers but I don't think any of them are going to kind of get to that status this year. Um, I think most of them, at best, will average about 110, but no one's really going to that 120, 130 level. And I, and all of them are capable in their own right. I just don't think in the same team that they're going to get there. Well, that, it's interesting that you put that. We'll just go through a couple of them just um, off the cuff. We've got Selwood um, so far averaging 108. His five round and three round averages are both 108. Uh, you got Danger only averaging 114. Three round average of 108. Five round average of 111. Duncan 108. 100, uh, three round average 104. Five round average 113. It's a lot of these guys. Just you're absolutely right. Because that ceiling is limited, we're not seeing that 180 that you know a danger in Silwood can put out on you know that week where they go bananas. And if for that reason, it's almost um, suggestive that we should be picking other guys. Um, in comparison to uh, the, the Geelong players because that ceiling does seem to be a little bit limited. So if I'm, for example, looking to trade Fife out this week and I'm looking for you know maybe a Duncan or a Selwood or a Neil, for example, I'd almost be tempted on going to Neil just because 
there's the potential for his ceiling to be a little bit higher. Is that something you think we should take into consideration? Well, I mean, it's not just about the ceiling. Obviously, it's also about the floor, and most of these Geelong guys have a high floor as well. So they're going to be good point scorers. It's just they're not going to take it to the next level. And I think if you're trading out Fife, who's pretty much the best supercoach player of this season, um, or midfielder, that is, you kind of want somebody that also has that potential to be the best supercoach player from this point onwards. And I don't really think that a Selwood or a Duncan um, are going to be the best player from this point onwards, whereas Neil has the potential of at, you know going 120 from here on out. I mean, he, he's probably going to go 110, but it's on the table that he goes 120, whereas I don't see it from the Geelong players. Yeah, that, it's, it's great to sum it up. Um, talking about scoring potential, wow, we, Tim Kelly... I think he had 18 touches and a goal in the final quarter as the game was up for grabs. They've really uh, found a stunning player for future years. He's been a fantastic uh, cash cow this year. Just um, He's another one to add to that that midfield group. Um, Quinton Narkle, decent debut game, only 73. Brad Lynch, 63 on the dog side of things. A couple good debuts there. We could be looking at one of these guys as uh, potentially a downgrade option just for a cash grab if you're um, uh, looking to make some final upgrades at all. On the uh, dog side of things, even though they got away with the win, it was just kind of a shared workload, which is what you really want to see. There's no real standout players, but um, they just got the job done. So um, guys like Bont only putting up 90s and uh, Dahl 91. So uh, just getting the job done there pretty much wraps up uh, this game. Pistol, It's uh, although it is sorry to see that... Um, uh, Lin Jong doing his collarbone again. I think it's the same one that he fractured um, against West Coast um, a few years ago before they went on that flag run. So that's uh, disappointing for him. Uh, we'll jump into the next game. It is the Blues and the Power. This game was a little bit better than I thought. Pistol, I thought Power were just going to, you know, a 60, 70 point win. And uh, uh, good to see that the Blues really toughed this one out. Oh, it was just Charlie Kerner's first quarter, really. Uh, he, he just pumped them pump them in. Three goals in the first quarter, and he's going to be a phenomenal player. I don't think anyone's questioning that. Um, did notice that Paddy Cripps was on a massive score at half time, and then really didn't do much in the second half at all, and only ended up with the, the uh, 108 super coach points. Um, Ed Kerner, on the other hand, had a poor first half, and then you know a much better second half to end up on 102 points. So um, both of them still look like Five options. When I say uh, five options, I mean obviously if you if you are trading up five, if we get news that it is a long term injury, um, they're they're ones that you should consider. Cade Simpson now with that 139 points, Jizo, he's up to 109 average for the season, so he's just one point behind Rory Led. I mean, this guy's not a young, you know, he's not a young player. He he's <laughs> he's doing insanely well. Um, to be scoring this high, you know, having a career best super coach year in it's it's actually just insane, like how good Cade Simpson is, Chiso. Yeah, sometimes you go with your gut and you're right, and sometimes you go with your gut and you're wrong. And one of those situations for me was Cade Simpson. I saw this aging body in a team without its halfback in uh, Doherty. They were just going to get smashed apart. Uh, Mark Murphy wasn't around. He was injured. They only had Paddy Cripps. And... Just, I got it wrong, Pistol. I'm not embarrassed to say that, but um, I, I've always said that I thought saw him going around that hundred mark, but I definitely didn't see 110. And to be averaging that at this point is just ridiculous. And you know, it, it's uh, it's funny to say that you know you could have someone in their 300 game 
um, putting up 37 touches, 140 super coach points. It's just uh, he's a ridiculous player and um, definitely uh, worthy of position in our back lines. Uh, <laughs> but as you say, Paddy Cripps, um, he's going to be an interesting option um, for those that are looking to trade out Fife. Um, the, the reason I bring that up is if you're trading out Fife, you don't have Paddy Cripps. Is there? Would you be, um, you know, more tempted to go towards the unique type, say, an Ed Kerno over a Paddy Cripps? But, um, you know, Cripps averaging one hundred and seventeen, hundred and eighteen this year. It's almost if you don't have him, it's even though fifty percent of the competition have him, is it a necessity to get him? Jeez, I made that mistake once. I'm not going to tell people to do the same thing that I did uh, by choosing Kerno over Cripps uh, a couple of weeks back. No, if, if you're making that decision, you've got to choose Cripps. Uh, he, he does look phenomenal. Will he outscore Neil uh, on the run home? I don't know, but it, it'll be close. So, um, yeah, all, all those guys, the Neils and the JPKs and the, the Cripps, I think will average similarly. Um, so just choose the one that you like the most. And, and Cheese, I should say, Kate Simpson has a five-round average of 120. So he, he's building. He's, he's only getting better, which is unbelievable. Let's jump into that Port Adelaide side because there's um, a couple of golden oldies as well that we can talk about. Uh, the Hoff, 120 points. He's also someone that's building. Um, he's now averaging 105 for the season, Chizo. So if you've missed out on the Hoff, uh, I think you probably should make a move sooner rather than later to get him in. But there is somebody at 440-ish K um, that I would like to talk about, and that is Chad Wingard, who is definitely on a hot streak. He scored 122 super coach points. Now, is this a flash in the pan, Chizo? Is he going to revert back to you know his 80s scores from the earlier part of the season, or do you think from here on out he's going to be a legitimate you know, top six forward premium option. I think it's role-based. I think that I've, I've mentioned it on the podcast before, he's playing well because, yes, he's got a little bit of form back, but he only got the form back because they threw him in the guts. They got him around the ball, feeling the leather, just uh, the, getting some, uh, you know, some possessions under his belt because sticking him in the forward pocket is good because he's so good around the ball, but uh, so good around the goals. Um, but it's taking away one of his other strengths, which is uh, you know a ball-winning midfielder with he, that he can be um, uh, with his uh, his skills in close. So you've got to ask yourself if you're Port Adelaide, you're gearing up for the finals, last couple of rounds of the home away season. You're you know really trying to make an impact. You want to kind of settle your side down. You don't want to be making changes first week of, of finals. Where do you stick Chad Wingard? Like my answer is you probably want him back in the forward fifty, and that's the thing that worries me. Like, it'd be great if you use his DPP as, like, an M9 F7 situation. Yeah. Um, that that would be the ideal spot. If you're short on cash, he's only $451,000. Again, you could put him in an F6 and just hope for the best. Uh, but then again, we've seen some form turn around for Jack Billings. And, you know, it'd be take a brave man to jump on him as well. So... <laughs> Um, let's let's it, cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, zone. exactly right. <laughs> a five-round average of 95, a uh, three-round average of 105. He's definitely had a role change, which has increased his scoring potential. It's great to see. We know what he can do when he's on. You know, I, I've always said, wait for an exposed form. If he does it another three, four more weeks, then, you know, maybe that's his new role. But I, I'm still inkling on the... Uh, the fact that he's probably going to revert back to a more forward line role and that could limit his scoring potential. Um, and someone that probably is negatively affected by his role change is Boak, who has seen his scores drop since Wingard has gone into the midfield there, Pistol. 
Yeah, no, Boko, I don't think I think we can roll a line through him for the rest of the season and ride him off. But um, quickly to, to summarize the wing guard, though, I think uh, you could do a lot worse than getting him as your F6. Like, if you're strapped for cash and you really can't afford, you know, the top-end primos, um, he, he's value for what he can produce. So he's somebody that if you are strapped for cash that you can certainly look at because there's not really many forwards now at his price that can have the same output that he can have. So... Um, I think that pretty much summarizes um, this game, Chizo. Um How about we jump into the, the Crows versus Eagles game? Yeah. Um, interesting game, this one, because uh, I probably thought that um, Eagles were in a little bit better form than the Crows coming off uh, a few consecutive losses. Uh, but it's uh, another another one that surprised me. I, I wasn't sure that uh, the likes of uh, Gaff and Herm were going to be able to score in losses, which I foresaw in the near future. But it just seems that they can because Gaff, 136, Hearn, 116, the two top scorers for the Eagles side in a loss. Uh, is pretty fantastic their pistol and uh, really just reiterates their scoring potential in 2018 and their justification for being a decent super coach pick. I'm really blown away by Gaff because every week I, I'm guessing I'm underestimating him because I, again, just like what you said, I, I feel like in losses um, he just won't score as well. But you know what? They lost and he scored 136. So that's not just a little score as well. That's a genuinely good midfield score. So. Um, yeah, obviously I have looked at Gaff the wrong way for most of the season, and if you think he's going to continue the scoring, definitely get him in as your your five replacement as well because he's doing some good things on that footy field. But uh, there is another midfielder that I'd like to touch on because of their value that they present, um, and that's Matt Crouch, who had a monster first half, um, slowed down a little bit, but still ended up with 126 super coach points. Now, Chizo, last year after the buys... Um, for memory, Crouch averaged like 125. So um, this being the first game after the bye and another big score at only 483k, uh, do you see Crouch as a potential five replacement? Oh, absolutely. I've always said that uh, Crouch is going to be a fantastic uh, selection. You notice that the big in that they had this week and also what they had at the back end of last year, Rory Sloan. So whether the fact that Sloan is taking the attention from Mark Hutchings this week, indicating that Matt Crouch is being a little bit more freer to rack up the pill, probably indicates that he enjoys having Sloan in the side, as he would. So the question becomes, is he going to keep this up without Sloan in the side? If Sloan has his injury-affected season continue, that's going to be the, uh, you know, you don't really want to be making a pick like this based on the potential that Sloan's okay now and that his injuries are behind him because we've all seen that, um, you know, you, f- you think you've finished off your team, you've got no trades left in the bank, you're pretty happy, you've got an okay M9, and then the last six rounds you miss out on one of your premiums because they're just not scoring. So I really like the Matt Crouch pick, but I think it has a lot to do with how their midfield is structuring up as well because um, Crouch being a little bit... Uh, uh, He's perceived as an outside player, but he had 20 contested possessions of his 32 disposals. So um, he certainly does it inside and outside. Um, I think he just cops a little bit more attention that he struggles to deal with without 
you know, a big gun like Sloan in the side. So that's the only thing that I'd be a, a little bit worried with with Matt Crouch, but I'd be happy to pick him for Fife replacement. Um, another good one to see is uh, our, my favourite Supercoach rookie this year, Tom Duday, kicking his first goal in AFL. I was pretty happy with that pistol. I just thought I'd touch on that because uh, it's always nice to see one of your favourites kick a good goal. And uh, Rory Elliott, 111, he just keeps uh, ticking on. 94 from Elliot Yo, I do want to touch on as well. He was basically the fullback for the first quarter there, <laughs> Pistol. I was getting a little bit worried, I've got to say. I mean, it's just a classic Yo game, right? He's like one point at quarter time, and then he's pretty much you know, half-tonned at halftime, just because that's what Elliot Yo does. Uh, but he, he's going to be a top backman. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's just you've got to ride it out. Every game's going to be you know, his own little yo-yo within the game as well. So um, just, just stick with him and hope for the best. Um, Cheezo, I do have a tougher question for you, though. Sam Jacobs has kind of returned to form in the last fortnight with two big scores in a row. People were probably eyeing him off to trade to Grundy <laughs> for the rest of the season because he was only averaging, you know, 80 flat. But what do you do with him now? I made fun of him. That's what happened, Pistol. I was on the <laughs> podcast two weeks ago. I said, what did I say? Basically, you know, spud Sam Jacobs, pull your finger out. What's he done? He's pulled out a 126 and a 145. So, yes, I'm taking the credit for this pistol. He obviously listens to the podcast. But, um, you know, this is a really, really tough one. He's played against Hawthorne and West Coast, which Ben McAvoy and Nick Nat are not um, ruckmen to take lightly. They are really good tap ruckmen. And to put up performances like this, particularly uh, his 126 at the MCG away from home, was fantastic. So you've got to ask yourself, some of the teams that he plays on the way home, uh, Richmond, Geelong, Brisbane uh, in the next three before he comes up against uh, Melbourne and Gorn, and then Paddy Ryder in round 20, Goldstein round 22. Um, There's a couple big solid ruckmen, best in the competition that he is going to be coming up with um, in the near future. Steph Martin in round 18 as well. Not so much a a huge ruckman, but does... um, uh, you know, impact a little bit around the ground. So is it a return to form or is this a flash in the pan pistol? I know I say it uh, quite frequently. Everyone has a good month. Every now, Once a year, even poor players have a good month. So um, it remains to be seen, but I, I, wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be trading him in at this point of the season anyhow. <laughs> well, that definitely wasn't the question, geez. <laughs> but... Uh... Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I still think Grundy is just a class above every other Ruckman this year in terms of Supercoach. I'm assuming your other Ruckman's gone. Um, Chizo, on the other hand, though, Nick Nat, just the 86 points. He's coming off a three-game uh, streak of 87, 99, and 86. He's really slowed down. However, he played 83 minutes this week, which was the most he's played this entire season. And it's, it's you know, 10 minutes more. Than, or even more than 10 minutes more than his average. So he's getting extra time on the field, but it's not really translating the points. So what do you do with Nick Nat at this stage? Or is he like, you know, a little bit above Jacobs where you're probably happy holding him for the rest of the season? Yeah, you'd probably be happy holding him, but we've always said that he probably does need a little bit of a rest. I know he did get suspended, so he's probably had um, an extra week in there, um, uh, you know, catching his breath. But... Um, <laughs> It, it is interesting because he's he's been out for so long. He's been out for that 12 months, that in, entire year with his knee. 
he is going to tire towards the end of the year. He's never been a high minutes player. They've come out and said that they're going to start um, leaving him on the field for more minutes, and everyone's you know just assuming that's more points. Potentially that takes more of an impact and it takes more for him to get up for the next week, impacting his uh, you know, his influence the following week. So um, I think he's just, uh, you know, he's like a lot of these guys that we've picked up cheap this year and they're just kind of slowing down now as the year's kind of grinding on. I think it's quite clear that the best ruckman in the game, you know, like uh, your Steph Martin, your Grundies and your Gorns, they're the ones that you should be looking for, um, you know, to finish off your season. I think, if anything, we really are seeing Nick Nat, you know, just winding down, and this is the perfect opportunity to um, potentially get someone uh, that you don't have uh, before he starts uh, putting up a few more. Like, I still think he's going to average around, you know, the, the 100 mark for the rest of the year, but I just feel like the gap between the best two and Nick Nat is just so far that I would be um, looking to, to upgrade him if I could at this stage. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you think about it in context of, you know, other positions, it's considering, you know, you might be, you know, Jack Crisp, for example, is averaging, you know, 98 for the season, probably in a five-round average, you know, around 110. It's like, well, do you want to get him in or do you want to get someone that's averaging 85? Like, I mean, if you if you have someone that's averaging 85, do you want to upgrade them to you know someone averaging 110? Like, if you're playing for league, you're probably going to make it on the eve of finals. If you're playing for overall, depending on how many trades you are, you might want to make the the trade. Otherwise, you probably just have to suck it up. But it's yeah, team by team basis. But it is a lot of points that you can make um, just by making that little upgrade. Um, so it's something to at least consider because for the rest of the season, you know, you could be making up well over 200 points. Um, just by that one trade, in which case it might be worth it. Um, Chizo, Liam Ryan, only the 37 Supercoach points. A lot of people had him for cover, but it's come out that he's been involved in a, a little bit of a car bingle uh, today, and he's in severe doubt for this week. And he's okay, but there's just uh, you know other issues that goes on uh, behind the scenes that he'll have to deal with because of that. So, um, yeah, early word is that he's in doubt for this week as well, which... It's probably not what you want to hear when you have Isaac Heaney in your team and then Liam Ryan as your cover, um, unless yeah, there'll be a couple of people desperately wanting um, a Hearn to get another game or potentially even Tim Smith to return to the side. And um, Chizo, how about we jump into the, the Suns versus Magpies game? Yeah, fantastic. This is your game, mate. Go for it. I know you've just been <laughs> just absolutely brimming to talk about this one. Just because Collingwood's into second place on the ladder and um, obviously a bit deflated as well, knowing that Lyndon Dunn's done his ACL, that's that's pretty depressing. Um, but in this game in particular, Brody Grundy, 136 super coach points. Man, Chizo, he's so good. He does things all over the ground, you know, 23 touches, 49 hitouts. He's just going to go 125 for the rest of the year and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Um, 151 Dream Team as well. It, yeah, it's just an insane game. Um, Taylor Adams took up a little bit of that Trelaw midfield time um, with 114 Supercoach points. So, again, it could be a bit of a, a sneaky POD. He was a bit cheap when we mentioned him about four or five weeks ago. Um, Scott Pendlebury with 180. He had his uh, foot worked on a little bit during the game, but he seemed okay. 
Um, other than that, there was the debut by Braden Sire, who scored 83 Supercoach points on his debut. So he's someone to definitely watch out for because he played very well, Chizo. Uh, very impressed with his game. Um, Chris with that 92 and Howe with that 90. It'll be interesting to see what happens after the done injury. We're assuming Myocek goes back, um, but you never know what they'll do and we might see how playing more of a you know close checking defender rather than rebounding or yeah I doubt it affects Crisp still. Um, did I cover everything on the Collingwood side, Cheezo? Have I missed someone? No, I'm not sure. I heard you take a breath, so um, you know, <laughs> feel free to do one of those and keep going. <laughs> I've run out of players to talk about. <laughs> I guess the the one thing that stands out to me, yes, Brody Grundy had 136, 151 in Dream Team, probably left a few points out in the park, Supercoach wise, um, with efficiency. But he wasn't doing it against just anyone. He was doing it against Jared Witts, who's, you know, he spent a lot of time um, sparring with, essentially, in his early days to try and hold down a position in the in the Collingwood side. So, yes, they've got some uh, history together. They probably know each other's game inside out uh, from uh, all that time together. And he just monstered him. He, he monstered a 211-centimetre monster. You know, 208 the, centimetre cheeser, come on. Oh, you know, huge player. <laughs> He's just uh, taken him to the cleaners. So, uh, if anything, it just shows why Jared Witts knew that he had to leave. So, um, that that's pretty much all you can say. Uh, obviously, a good bounce back by Jared Lyons, 113. Uh, yeah, you know, you're seeing why uh, he should have been in the team when he was uh, spending all that time in the Neefel side. Um, he's obviously done something naughty and had to go away for a little bit just to learn his lesson. Took Miller is just continuing his uh, his fantastic season, doing a another tagging role on Steel Side Bottom, uh, who's been tagged out to uh, a 72. Now that's something that we should see a little bit uh, more of this year. We've seen that Steel Side Bottom has been uh, floated as a uh, a bit of a left field option, but he's just too taggable at this stage. Pistol. Uh, um, on any given week, they can send someone to him because he's one of the most impactful players for the Collingwood side. There's a lot of good players in that Collingwood side, Chizo. So uh, <laughs> you never know who's going to get tagged on any given week. <laughs> um, Chizo, I did want to mention, though, Jared Harbrow. Um, he did have the 29 touches, uh, didn't use it too well, so only ended up on the, the 92 super coach points, but he was everywhere that match. Like He was running around that back line, he was making his way through the middle, he looked like he was playing a very super coach friendly game. Uh, he was someone in the crazy basket of defenders last week, but uh, especially if you're playing for drafts, he'd be someone I'd be collecting uh, straight off that waiver because he's looking like he's probably going to come home very well given the ball will be in the Gold Coast backline for probably the majority of the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and I just I just realised one thing. Um, uh, yeah, Jared Harbour, not a bad option. Um, you didn't mention <laughs> Josh Thomas's goal. That's all I've heard about for 24 hours. Oh, well, I mean... Surely everyone already knows that Josh Thomas <laughs> kicked goal of the year. Um, I, I actually said it to you that two of the best goals I've seen this season happened in the same round where uh, Josh Thomas kicked that incredible goal and then we saw Billy Gowers also do that like karate kick uh, goal as well. But they're both in, they're the two best goals of the year in the same round. Only one can be nominated for goal of the year, so... Uh, it will probably be the third option, knowing how that works. <laughs> and um, I've actually, I actually looked it up. It, Gowers didn't even get nominated. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, well, it, it was just you know, just a, a standard fly Bruce Lee kick. You know that ha- that happens every week. Pistol. It's not worth nominating. I mean, I'm actually, 
I'm shocked. Which other two got nominated? I assume one was... Uh, it was Arazio with his uh, his fantastic uh, snap for the boundary, which will win it because he's from Essendon. Um, and uh, Daniel Rioli, which is fantastic one-handed mark down, kneeling on one knee, snap from the outside of the boot and uh, uh, around two defenders and just doing Rioli things, making it look easy that uh, most people can't even imagine. Well, look, uh, yeah, in these competitions, it's it seems seemingly... <laughs> Always a Rioli that wins, or a uh, Essendon player that always pips a Collingwood player. So yeah, yeah. Um, Danaher yeah, will win no. it this year anyway, just because of the voting <laughs> system. It doesn't it doesn't go on merit; it just goes on uh, fan vote. Um, that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that covers this game, mate. We we'll jump into the Giants and the Hawks. Another fantastic game. I heard that you, you might have trekked out to have a look at this one. <laughs> trekked out and to look at the the GWS versus Hawthorne game. Yeah, or well, I I feel like uh, I saw some uh, stern wording on Twitter from Mrs. Pistol. No, yeah, I didn't make the uh, the game, fortunately, um, <laughs> but I did have some people I know in attendance. Imagine the drive uh, that, home that with that it. Drove a long been a way. <laughs> they drove a long way for this game and uh, didn't appreciate the outcome, that's for sure. Um, but look, uh, GWS here, too good. They 13 goals, 17 as well, so it could have been absolute thumping and um, yeah, look, Canelio, the 111, uh, Ward, 131, which is a big game for him. I guess he's more of an outside option, but he's not really one I would suggest on the way home. Uh, Josh Kelly, even though he was tagged, still managed to score 96, which is good enough. Um, you can probably also I'd be definitely still considering him uh, for that Fife um, replacement. Heath Shaw, though, with just that 40, he's getting into that stage where you kind of have to consider at least trying to push him to a, a D7 if you have him, or just you know hope for the best for the rest of the season. On the Hawthorne side, there's not really much to talk about besides Tom Mitchell going absolute ham and scoring 181 Supercoach points, Chizo. Yeah, crazy. It's insane. I mean, he had 50 touches again. He, he He's one of a kind. I mean, the amount of touches that this guy gets, we're not going to see that for, for a long, long time. Yeah, it, it it's... Like I, I don't even understand it. Like there's never been a player like him that has able to find like he has the perfect running patterns. Like I, I would, I, I would, uh, you know, suggest to any person that just likes watching footy, if you're at a game, just watch Tom Mitchell and nothing else for ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and just watch his progression around the ground. Around the ground, he's not sprinting from contest to contest. Um, although that does happen, he just knows where the ball's going to be. He's just—it's almost like he's just cruising around in second gear, and he just makes it to the next contest. He just has a a fantastic ability of just seeing the play and knowing where to be to get the ball. So, and, and then obviously the skill of getting it. So, um, something that I definitely haven't seen before, and um, uh, potentially that we won't see uh, a, a, for another generation if he uh, he keeps breaking these sorts of records. Um, uh, and uh, I, I guess we I should talk about Callum Ward. I know you mentioned that it's not someone that you would recommend, but over his last uh, five games here, Pistol, 118, 111, 156, 131, and a 75 against Brisbane at the Gabba. He's got a five-round average of 118, a three-round average of 121. He might not be a bad option considering he's only in 2% of teams. No, he's not a bad option by any stretch of the imagination. It's just he's a, a riskier option than somebody like Anil, um, just given based on their past scoring 
history as well as scoring of this year because Ward is very up and down as well. Um, and he might not be someone that you want to get for the run home. Um, Chizo, I did want to quickly touch on the fact that James Sicily did move forward again in the last quarter when you know they wanted to get some firepower and try and kick some goals, which is the second time now this has happened this year. So it's something to watch going into the latter half of the year if they're going to throw him forward. But I think that may have just been something to do with um, Gunston being a laid out. But uh, yeah, definitely we'll, we'll keep our eye on that one um, moving forward. Well, it was certainly interesting because from the first bounce, he was getting attention from Himmelberg. So um, it's not something that they kind of went, oh, yeah, you know, late in the game, we might try something. He was actively getting attention. So um, this is something that we touched on as early as the preseason, that if he's having a lot of influence in games towards the pointy pointy end of games and the pointy end of the season, he might be forced into a different role because of the attention he's getting. So uh, just one to keep an eye on. It's not not like a hard forward tag you might see from um, uh, a Jed Lamb or something like that, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. We will jump into the next game, the uh, Demons and the Saints, uh, or we should call it the Chokers and the Saints here, Pistol, because every time they have a chance to wrap up a finals berth, they just find a way of just <laughs> letting it slightly slip through their fingers, the Melbourne Demons. And uh, as much as Gorn was just cutting it up with another 145 and just seeing the effort that he puts in, chasing down even speedy blokes, like uh, when he has no hope of getting them, he still has puts in 100%, 10% chasing them down. It's fantastic to see. Um, it, it, maybe a couple of them are just getting a little bit lapsed a days ago. I saw... Uh, um, a few players, um, particularly uh, Jordan Lewis, occasionally biting off a little bit more than he can chew rather than going with the safe option. It's t- turning the ball over and hurting them more often than they would like. Demons might... I think Demons are going to miss the finals, Chizo. It's going to be like the saddest story of, of 2018. You know, is, is it sad? Is it really sad? <laughs> Maybe not from an essence point. Um, <laughs> but look... It, it's shocking. I mean, I do feel for the supporters. They've gone through so much, and to miss out last year was heartbreaking. And this year, they're like, you know, after 10 weeks, they're like, we're 100% making the finals. Like, don't book your holidays for September because we're making it. And now it's the wheels have come off, and they're just all over the shop. I mean, uh, they need to fix something. And, and as we've mentioned heaps on the podcast, after round 18, well, during round 18 and onwards, they've got a really hard draw as well, so they're not probably going to win many games after that point they needed to bank these games they need to get the wins here um but from a super coach perspective we've got clayton oliver with just the 59 points which hurts um and then even worse than that you've got tom mcdonald scoring 39 points chizo so you've got to worry about him uh for the rest of the season as well i don't know why you would have purchased him at 578k or whatever he was i know someone that has i know someone that has Oh no! Who, who purchased? Him <laughs> oh, I'm not. I, I'm not naming and shaming. I, I'm not naming and shaming. I won't do that. But I know quite a few people that went. Oh, yeah. I'm getting Tom McDonald this week. You know, he's the highest averaging defender with uh, or forward with 113, uh, whatever he's averaging before the week previous, and he's in 16 percent of teams. But that's the thing. But we always mention it. If he's playing a forward role, if they're not having a functional forward line in any particular game, such as this one, then how is he going to be scoring points? Is is the the question uh, that you know I'm asking because like any forward, when the forward line's not functioning, they're not going to be scoring. So 
Um, I definitely didn't advise bringing him in at the top price, but um, we know a number of people that definitely have. Your mate Jesse Hogan, though, uh, bouncing back, <laughs> just just making Tom McDonald uh, look silly. I, I know you're a big fan of Jesse Hogan on Twitter. Oh, well. <laughs> let's not revisit that, hey? No, let's, <laughs> let's not. But Angus Brayshaw has been a surprisingly good uh, defender option for this season. Um, 104 Supercoach points. It's he always has a really, you know, poor dream team to supercoach ratio. He, he chops the ball up a little bit, but he gets the ball, which is what you want from a defender. Um, he, he gets so many possessions per game, but um, he finds himself only at 433k. Now he's got a break-even of 70. He's got a five-run average of 95, but, you know, he's capable of having massive games. Um, given he's one of the rare defenders with that mid-DPP as well, um, you could certainly do a lot worse than bringing him in as your, your D7 and M9 cover, you know, using that Joel Smith swing with him as well uh, might be a good idea, especially if you have someone like Heath Shaw. Um, you should probably look to target that. And talking about cover swinging, look, Chizo, I need your thoughts. Is it yay or nay on Jack Billings after a 96 this week? Yeah, no, well, he, he scores well when they win, doesn't he? So when they're, when they're putting up wins this year, they, I know they haven't had a whole lot, um, but he's put up some good scores. I, I think he put uh, 133 in round one and then a 99 last week and a 96. So when they're winning, he's, uh, he's got an average of a, over, a hundred and, uh, over 100. Are they going to continue winning towards the end of the season is the question here, Pistol. Does he have a significantly different role to what he does have, or what he did have in the first half of the year? No, he's playing basically the same same role. Oh, it's 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 a little different, but the thing is, they've got a hard draw to end of the year. I mean, they're playing Port Adelaide in Port Adelaide this week. Um, Essendon, sorry, Carlton is their easiest game for the rest of the year in round 17. But then they've got Richmond, GWS, Bulldogs, Essendon, Hawthorne, and North Melbourne. Um, that's not a really you know fun run for the rest of the year. I mean, you kind of have to think if you're trading you know a Gelfi to him. Is it worth it? I'm not sure it's going to be worth the trade. You may as well just hold the trade, and if you cop an injury, then trade out that primo, like Fife, for example, rather than you know subbing in Billings for four weeks or three weeks, however long Fife's out for. Um, I just would really like to see Billings do it in a game where they lose by 40 points. You know that that's 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 what I want to see. Yep. Um, for me, at this stage, it's it's a it's a pass. But you know he's really cheap. He's 355k. There's plenty of worse options it's just uh yeah not one that i think will pay off uh long term um it was interesting to note though chizo nathan brown got injured again um with that hamstring injury he sustained and bailey rice also played poorly so now you're expecting webster to come back in next week and maybe logan austin um logan austin for for nathan brown i'm just wondering if it will be bailey rice who played quite poorly if he is going to be the one that makes way um i think that's something that we'll have to you know definitely uh, keep in mind um when we see the teams this week yeah yeah I, I don't think i can give you much of an insight on that one i really think that logan austin should come into the side but it's it's something that we need to wait and see on clayton oliver just had one of those down games he was getting tagged so um uh, jack Steele went to him at 59s you know it's his lowest score for the year that you like. I think uh, I, I think he had the longest stretch of uh, of scores um, above eighty in a row 
Um, JB will know that one. He's a huge Clayton Oliver fan, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know that was an anom- uh, anomaly. So uh, don't worry about that. We w- we'll move on to next week. Uh, we should move on to uh, game of the round, the shootout, the Wild Wild West, Essendon uh, getting over North Melbourne. Um, it, it's good to see a bit of a shootout, but it's also good to see an effective forward line in the same game. So, you know, it's it's not um, that they had a super amount of shots compared to uh, other games. You know, you see games that they have 30-plus uh, shots on goal. We had uh, Essendon with 19-11 and North Melbourne with 16-12, and that's really the uh, the benefit from this game or the, the, the salient point that I take from that is they were effective once they went into their forward halves. And uh, that's what made the game so fantastic. Um, Arazio uh, kicking the four. David Myers was, uh, probably had one of the best games of his career, if I'm honest. And uh, Dyson Heppel and uh, Zach Merritt, two really good uh, potential options uh, towards the back end of the year. Um, I know I'm a, a big fan of Merritt for the, uh, the Fife uh, kind of downgrade. Um, he could be a sneaky option. Uh, what do you think of uh, Dyson Heppel here, Pistol? Uh, he's a little bit of an interesting selection now that Essendon are playing the right brand of football. Yeah, I mentioned him last week. Um, he's only 460k. I think he's, well, he was last week. I'm sure he's uh, around 455k or something like that this week. Um, he's only subtuned four times, as I mentioned earlier in the podcasts, and that includes the uh, concussion game. So he's just done all right this year. You know, he'll, he'll average about 105. He's got potential to go more if Essendon keep winning. If you need the cash, I think he's a good option just because it's a cheap option. I don't think he's going to outscore a JPK or a Duncan or a Neil. They're going to easily outscore him. But um, as I said, if you need that extra money to make another upgrade somewhere else, uh, then he would be uh, someone I would strongly consider, um, especially in the next couple of weeks. You know, they've got they've got Pies, they've got Gold Coast, they've got Fremantle who are a sinking, sinking ship. Um, <laughs> you know, these these are these are decent. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I just got my own pun. Sinking ship. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Accidental pun again. I, 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 thought, I thought it was on purpose. So I was just giggling. <laughs> no, I've done that. I did that with Merritt last week as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, no, it happened again. Um, yeah, so summarize that. I think he's a decent option. Uh, Hurley, again, with that 89 supercoach points where we thought he'd pepper the 90 mark. So he's, he's definitely living up to that one. Uh, Chizo on the North Melbourne side. We got told that we have to mention this bloke. Um, I won't tell you who told us that we have to mention him. Yeah, Paul Ahern and... uh, coming in with the uh, <laughs> the late replacement for Ben Jacobs, putting up an 80. Uh, yeah, obviously talking about Sean Higgins there, Pistol. Uh, he went all right. We can move on. Yeah, decent <laughs> d- decent score. Um, but he's a flog that likes to hit Essendon players off the ball, so I don't really care. Um, yeah, he, he probably uh, his his first half was probably one of the better first halves I've seen in 2018. He was just uh, everywhere, doing everything, um, and uh, he just cut it up. He, he was just uh, fantastic, and uh, yeah, old mate JB won't shut up about it, will he? Look. I mean, JB's got something right here. He He's traded in Higgins um, <laughs> early. And look, his last four games, 127, 123, 123, 113. Are we seriously now having to jump on the JB bandwagon and consider him Chizo as our five replacement? Because he's outscoring all the other potential five replacements. 
Yeah, well, obviously you've got to consider him, um, but after that point two of a second, realise his vlog and then just don't bring him in. That's a, that's a pretty easy... No. Um, it's, it's great because he's so unique. He's in 2% of teams and he's outscoring so many of the common options. So if you like JB and you bring him in, you're just laughing all the way to the bank because you know a, a, a three-round average, four-round average of 120 is incredible. So... Uh, definitely an option that you want to you want to think about. But um, what's what do you think of North's run on the way home? I know they had uh, this is in a losing side. We should say so. We talked about Jack Billings, um, you know, scoring well in wins. Sean Higgins is doing it in losses as well. Do we see North Melbourne continuing their you know the winning ways towards the end of the year, pushing for finals, or do we kind of see them falling back towards the pack a little bit? Is this uh, the beginning of the end or? You know, do you see them uh, with the potential to keep these scoring up? Look, they've got a fair few easy games as well, Chizo. There's a lot of positive signs. If you look at Higgins' scores um, at Eddie had for this season, uh, you'll notice that he's only fallen below the ton once. And he has an average there. Sorry, every other game that he's at played at Eddie had, he's got one score of 103 and every other game besides this week, which is four of them above 120. So... He scores massive at Etihad Stadium. He plays there four times for the rest of the season, um, and that's against the harder opposition. All the easy games seemingly are on the road. Um, we're talking, you know, Brisbane at the Gabba. We're talking uh, Adelaide because they somehow lost the plot as well. Um, <laughs> so he he's just, you know, he doesn't have to cop the Ben Jacobs tag. Um, he probably cops, you'd think, the Hewitt tag um, in round 17, though, against the Swans. But... Look, he's outscoring all of the other options we're talking about. So how can you just dismiss him? And he's in 2% of teams as well. I mean, he's the guy that you pick when you're just thinking, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. I'm just going to pick Sean Higgins. I think that's the mentality that you need to have when you're selecting him. Um, And it it might work out completely fine. I mean, at this rate, he's possibly going to win the Brownlow medal, Chizo. And it's just absolutely insane. Well, I know you say he's got an easy run, but let me just um, say what I think over the next month. He's got Gold Coast, Sydney, Collingwood, and West Coast. You might think there's a, a few tough games in there, but we saw what Took Miller just did to Steel Sidebottom, held him to 70. We just saw um, in the, uh, what uh, George Hewitt did to the Brownlow medalist from 2017, held him to 62. Uh, it comes up against Collingwood, um, bit of a you know bit of a shoot shootout that game, <laughs> uh, but uh, MCG. So not one of the the uh, they played one game against the MCG at the MCG this year. Uh, didn't get tagged, scored eighty eight. He then comes up against West Coast. Yes, it's at Blundstone Arena, uh, but Mark Hutchings we've just seen uh, do a little bit of a tagging job as well. We know he's a tagger, so potentially over the next month. Um, there's the potential that he could see some more attention, particularly when he's in such a rich vein of form. Uh, definitely something to consider. And, you know, as much as I joke that he's not a good option, he's clearly a good option. So uh, if you've got a good feeling about Sean Higgins like JB does, then jump on the uh, the train and, uh, um, you know, see how it goes because, you know, he could he could literally be anything uh, this year. Pistol, I don't think he's going to win a Brownlow, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Bit interesting. No, let's, um, let's 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 move on. I can't yeah. I can't really stand Sean Higgins talk. <laughs> yep. Usually it's 
it's JB doing it. Not we've us, been put so. up to it. We've got, we, we, we've still got it. We're still got to talk about because we've been put up to it. Uh, we're running <laughs> short on time, mate. So we might as well jump into uh, the Dockers and the Lions. Fantastic win by the Lions, particularly away from home at Optus Stadium. The big news is that uh, Nat Fife went down with that hamstring. He got it worked on uh, in the first quarter, and they uh, didn't really think it was anything to worry about. They sent him back out there, and he's um, he he pretty much just came straight back off. So um, before that happened, he was scoring quite well. Lockie Neal now becomes their main engine room. He put up another 113 in a loss. He's been a sneakily good option, a top 10 midfielder this year, Pistol. As a Fife replacement, if he's the only one in their midfield, is he going to be able to keep these numbers up without Fife? It's a good question, Chizo. Uh, I think he's... He's someone that will be able to do it. Um, Steph Hill did come back this week. Well, not this week, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And he generally cops a tag as well. Um, and he'll move into the engine room, you'd think. So uh, he was probably the one that's going to cop a tag before Neil. But uh, then again, we saw Barry tag this week and he moved to Neil after Fife got injured. And um, when you're reading out those Shawnee Higgins uh, matches, if, if Brisbane's on that list of games they need to play in, short periods of time and Barry's obviously going to go to Higgins there as well so that's that's another one to add to that list Chizo you made a good point there um, but yeah I think Neil is someone that is capable of scoring really well for the rest of the season he's right near the top of my list of uh, five replacements um, I don't really have any doubts that he, he you know he can't get 30 touches every game um, whilst whilst Neil's out they've got enough support around him anyway you know David Mundy probably will start in the middle we'll see um, a couple of the young young Fremantle kids get a run through the mids as well um, and it, potentially even Michael Walters you know he's capable there, there's enough quality there that I'm not really fussed about Lockie Neal and I, I do think that he'll be a good pick for the rest of the season yeah yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I think he's going to be a um, a very popular choice. He was a unique choice only a few weeks ago. He's now in 7% of teams. So um, he, he's uh, definitely becoming one of the sexier options for those to be jumping <laughs> on. Uh, another one we should talk about, Dane Beams. He is a little bit cheaper, $474,900 in 2% of teams, uh, 129 on the weekend. If you're looking for a cheaper option, Pistol, say you still have one more upgrade you need to do. You're running short on trades need a little, little bit of extra cash. What are your thoughts on Dane Beams? Look, we know what he's capable of. He has really good games. He can have really poor games. We don't really quite know where his head's at. Um, I just think, yeah, I just don't think that... He's not an option for me, but there's definitely a lot of merit in his selection. Um, you kind of know what you're going to get with Beams as well. Like, you know that he's going to have good scores and you know you're probably going to cop some bad scores. But if you, you're willing to play that up and down game, I think I'd pay a tiny bit more if I was choosing between uh, Brisbane midfielders for some reason. Dane Zorko is only 510k and uh, since round seven, he has a low of 90 um, with only three sub-tons as well. So he's another option that's very capable of going, you know, above 110 for the rest of the year. Has Carlton at the Gabba. Uh, this year where he's you know scored massively in the past and um, yeah there's no reason why Zorko as well can't be another one of those you know potential five replacement options yeah and uh, look I agree with that Um, the last player I want to talk about is uh, Luke Ryan last three games he hasn't uh, you know been matching his seasonal average he's got a a five round average of 95 a season average of 95 three round average of 82 should we be concerned if we're one of the 5% of teams that have him in there? 
I'm a bit confused. Um, I didn't really see this coming, so I'm going to say no. Don't be concerned. But I'm a. I'm just. I don't really know why. Um, I guess we'll watch him uh, closely this week and try and see if there's been some sort of shift. But yeah, I think it's just had a poor game. Brisbane and, and Brisbane, you know, thumped Dockers. So uh, that was that. But yeah, not much you can do about it. And I still think he's going to be a good pick. So uh, keep an eye on that. Um, just very quickly, a cheap defender that might. Uh, take some points off the fact that uh, Harris Andrews is no longer in that side and might be pulling nice for the rest of the season. Alex Witherden's 400k flat. Um, and whilst he's not in particularly great form, uh, he's definitely got potential to score really well, as we saw at the beginning of the season, as well as... Um, oh, did I just make another accidental punch? He's no, a- I'm laughing because you're just pumping him up for draft league. That's all you're doing. He, no, he, I thought you were talking that, about the fall, falling flat. And, yeah, <laughs> no, I thought it was a terrible, accidental, like unconscious pun. But, nah, nah, um, nah. I'm glad it wasn't that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but he's definitely somebody that you know has potential from last year as well to put out some big scores. And if you're looking for a D7 as well, I know he's been very popular, um, seeing him all around uh, the the community mentioning him. So um, definitely take a look there, Chizo. Yeah, the, in reference to Luke Ryan, uh, just the last thing we touch on before we wrap up. Uh, in the first seven rounds, he had two tons and he was averaging 85.9, you kind of think. Um, yeah, Interesting. He's uh, he could be a little bit up and down this year. Since then, he's had his uh, a lower score of eighty eight before last week. So he went on a six seven game run where he just went bananas. Uh, a one twenty five, one twenty one, one thirty three. Uh, sorry, one thirty six. So uh, that's pumped up his seasonal average. So um, there's a potential that he kind of drops down a little bit, but I, I'd probably expect a ninety to ninety uh, five average for the rest of the year. So I probably wouldn't be too worried. I think he's, uh, he's going to be continuing strong. He just probably won't be up, uh, in the high nineties, what people were expecting, uh, after bringing him in and, uh, pistol, I think that pretty much wraps up. I know it's been a long one, but you know me, when I haven't been on a podcast for a while, I just pretty much can't shut up. So, uh, it's been fantastic to talk to you, mate. It's, uh, it's really nice to hear your voice again. Great to have you on the podcast. Um, I look forward to, to seeing what kind of panic trades you make uh, towards the end of the uh, end of the year, and you're, you're forced to start donating to the cancer council. <laughs> Might be as early as this week if team news doesn't go my way. As you know, <laughs> I'm holding McRae. I've got Webster. Obviously, have Heaney and have Fife. So uh, yeah, if team news isn't kind, I'm going to be in a world of hurt. But fingers crossed, uh, we don't get to that stage. Chizo, do you want to just quickly summarise and give me your top two uh, five replacement options on the spot, and then I'll give my two, and uh, that's probably the best way to wrap up the podcast. All right, so... Um, oh, jeez. Uh, put me on the spot here, Pistol. I wasn't really expecting this one. Um, okay, if you've got no money in the bank and you're going to be, uh, you know, you won't be able to get one of the, the, the big guys. Say you've got absolutely nothing and you can't get the likes of a Josh Kelly... There's a heap of options around the 550 mark that you can jump on. Um, we're talking about the Neils. Um, we're talking about the the Shawnee Higgins is a, a, a similar to that mark as well. Um, I think I'd be jumping on one of those guys. But JPK is a 545 or something around there as well. Um, I really like the look of these um, players, particularly because they are a little bit more unique. Being that Fife is in, I think, over 50% of teams, you have the potential here to really make this move stand out. So we have some fantastic options that 
Um, you know, you don't pick a POD for the sake of picking a POD. These guys are legitimately good options. So if I'm picking um, a one and two, I'm probably putting a Sean Higgins uh, and a Lockie Neal in one two. Number one for me, probably a Lockie Neal at this stage pistol, just because uh, I think with Fife going down, he's going to be getting a little bit more uh, of the ball through the engine room. He's going to be a little bit more important, and I'm just kind of banking on that. I think that Sean Higgins is probably an outside chance to get a bit more attention, and that worries me. Look, uh, I think you make some good points. Um, for me, personally, my I'll just do a one, two, three because I already had it planned beforehand. Oh, you get three <laughs> options, do you? You give me two. All right, yeah, all right, right, right. I, I'd, I'd have, I think, JPK is my number one option, then Neil, and then we'll have uh, Mitch Duncan, but there's not much in between uh, JPK and Neil for me. I think that's a, a true 50-50 call. Um but, yeah, it's just gut feel that I think uh, JPK is going to come home strong um, and, you know, the Swans need to try and finish top two and they'll be fighting for it. So I think that they, they go hard for it. Um, Chizo, do you want to uh, give a shout-out to our Twitter handles where you can find us if you have any questions? Sure. Um, you're finding me at Chizo with a Z underscore D-R-S-C, Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC and JB at JB underscore DRSC. You'll all find us on there. Uh, the other two are a little bit more active than me because I'm still depressed uh, that my team sucks. Uh, so go, <laughs> But you can find us all for any questions that you would like. We try and get back to everyone that we can, all the regulars. Um, and, uh, yeah, pretty much wraps everything up. Community, thank you for stopping in with us. It's been a long podcast, a lot of content, a lot of chatter. Great to hear from you again, Pistol, and uh, we will be catching you all again soon.